This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello, everyone. Andrew Apanov here, and you're listening to the new edition of the We Spin Recipes podcast. This is episode number 36. And as a reminder, uh, this show is all about helping musicians grow. So every week I talk to music industry representatives, music startups and artists who have done something interesting and cool to share a practical advice with you, the listener, on how to succeed in music. Today's show is dedicated to something that we have already talked about on this podcast in the past several times. but. It's, it's such an important and such a popular topic that it's worth dedicating a whole episode to the topic of PR. So yes, we are going to talk about PR outreach, getting press, uh, whatever you may call it. It's something that uh, so many musicians are interested in because we know that getting uh, features on blogs and different kind of publications and on, on radio is important for your career. And uh, today my guest is Stacy Sherman, who runs uh, RSP Entertainment Marketing, uh, a PR firm, and um, she knows quite a few things about publicity, and uh, she talks candidly about what it takes to run a successful PR campaign. So I really like uh, how uh, she shared uh, all these things that musicians keep asking about the world of PR and about doing these. And um, uh, she basically explains uh, how uh, hard it is to to do this and why you may want to consider uh, hiring a publicist. But just not for the sake of uh, promoting someone's services. Uh, It's all real information. I can confirm it doing these things for so many years myself. And um, uh, on this show, you will get a lot of insights that will be applicable to you even if you want to do a PR campaign on your own. If you have already been doing this or just uh, don't have a budget to hire a publicist, you will still get a lot of useful uh, advice in here. So I want you to uh, leave with uh, our conversation now and just one little uh, request related to uh, to the show that you are listening right now. Uh, so I need your help. Uh, and uh, specifically, I... Uh, need your help with uh, uh, getting better rankings for the show on iTunes. So if you have uh, a spare minute, I ask you to kindly uh, go to uh, to iTunes, uh, to the page for Whispering Recipes podcast and uh, rate it and ideally uh, leave uh, a review as well. You can also get a really cool card from me. Uh, you can just go to getacard.wispin.co uh, for the details and uh, there is also a very uh, detailed explanation of, um, of, of uh, how exactly to uh, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It means a lot, so thank you. And once again, here is the interview with Stacy Sherman. Hello, Stacy. It's great to have you on the show. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Awesome. So, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? I know it's it's a banal question. I have to start with this one, but I'll just really appreciate if you talk about yourself a little bit. Sure. I am a publicist for musicians. I do all kinds of 
PR and marketing. I do some booking and things like that. But I have just been in the business professionally for over just over a year right now. And I got started because I had been working in radio in the record industry for most of my adult life and been downsized out of two corporate jobs. And I still had all those connections. And I knew how the music industry worked because I'd been in it on, you know, on the other side of it for so long. So one day I was helping out a friend because it just seemed like that was, I was the person everyone always called to help them because I am very organized and I'm a good planner and I could get things done. But I also had all these connections from my old jobs. So I was always able to come up with a, Hey, this guy needs you know, a sound guy, or this guy needs a DJ for something. So I connected people all the time. And somebody said to me during an event, he's like, why aren't you getting paid for doing this? You know, you're kind of running this whole show, right? And I, it it never dawned on me that that's what I was doing. But when somebody pointed out, I said, yeah, you know, Hey, it would be nice to get paid for doing all the stuff I'm doing anyway. So it just started from there. And it's been kind of a whirlwind in the last year. Awesome. Sounds exciting and sounds like it's been uh, a busy year. Can you mention any any particular clients or projects you worked with? I have worked with Ben Morrow, who is Lionel Richie's guitar player in the past. I wor- I'm currently working with Eric John Kaiser, who is a uh, singer-songwriter from Portland, Oregon. He's French, but he's lived in the States for eight years. Um, one of my clients right now is Rory Kelly who I just worked on a big project with her and two other ladies at South by Southwest here in the States and gogirlsmusic.com, which is Madeline Sklar's foundation that she started 18 years ago to help people in the indie community come together. I work with Madeline all the time for various things. So, And yeah, before we proceed, you mentioned that you've been working with some book publisher, a book office. Is it correct? Um, yes, I did. Um, that's a nice pickup. We just, I just signed with him over the weekend and his name is Barry Manjone and he is an author that is doing a lot of self-help and just how to be better, be your best self. And he's also a musician. And he was referred to me again by another musician client. So it, it all just kind of comes together. It'll be a new adventure for me because I haven't worked with literary agents or, you know, bookstores to do events, but I'm really excited to do a lot of stuff with him. Great. I guess it will be an interesting challenge from what I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's the case when you're trying to book anything. It's a challenge to just get people to return your phone calls sometimes. Yeah, but once again, I I think we can see this interesting pattern once again that it's all about networking in this industry, and this is what you do professionally, and it's just how important it is uh, to know the people who may know the people, and uh, I guess it's really something that people come to you for because it's not just your experience and knowledge about these things, but the connections that you've developed throughout the years. And I guess it's something that many artists don't uh, fully see right away when they try to just uh, enter the music industry and want to achieve uh, results quickly, that it takes a lot of time to develop these connections. So is it something that you can agree with? Absolutely. Yeah. And, And I always find that musicians, like you said, they want to get started really quickly. 
And one of the first things I tell people during initial consultations when I talk to them is like, it's a process. This is not going to happen overnight. You know, we could send out emails or make phone calls for a month before we get one person that's going to say yes to us. So I think that's a, a common misconception that a lot of musicians have is that it's really easy to get your record on the radio or to get someone to review your music or to, you know, go on the morning news program. It's really not. And there's a, a whole bunch of behind the scenes that needs to be done. And generally, it's best to have a professional like myself do that so you can concentrate on your music. Mm -hmm. You know, you're really good at music. You're good at being creative. Let professional people do what they're good at, you know, making connections, writing intriguing emails, telling your story. The artist needs to give us something to present. And then we take that and we tell your story in mm -hmm. a way that you might not be able to do it. And so at what stage of an artist's career it's a good time and a good idea to hire publicists from your experience. From my experience, it's really pretty simple. If you have an EP or an event or something coming out, that's kind of a no-brainer. Most people realize that they need help when it comes to something big like that. But anything that you are doing that you want more attention for. I mean, for example, you win an award in your hometown or you're coming you know, you're going to go do a presentation at a school, anything like that. Think about hiring a publicist to help promote that for you, because it's little things like that, kind of like baby steps that you take, that the more you get your name out there, the more people are going to start noticing you. And then it just kind of builds and snowballs from there, where it makes it a little bit easier down the road to get bigger publicity because they know you from the small things. So don't think because you may not have a, a huge career or, you know, a giant album coming out that you have to wait because you don't. You can hire someone to do, you know, small projects with you as well. So did I get it right that it may also be a common uh, thing to hire publicists for a short period of time and then maybe return back to them for more services and for a bigger campaign? So is it common from your experience? It's It's common. I do work on a lot of projects with clients, but what happens is, in my experience, this is just what happens to me. I know there's like a lot of bigger firms that don't, you know, that they have clients, you know, all year round on retainer, but mine are mostly project-based where like I'll work with a client for an EP release party, or if they're going on tour, like Eric John Kaiser my artist in Portland, Oregon, he hired me to help him with the launch of his EP last fall. But what happened from there is we worked together pretty consistently for two months, but then he decided, hey, we work so well together, let's keep going. And then he hired me on retainer. So now he just has me on a monthly basis. We do little projects that he has, or if he has a bigger project, it all just kind of folds together. So Projects are good, and that's the way most people get started, but it usually turns into a long-term relationship. It's interesting. It's interesting, and I can see the value in it because uh, you want to appear on the publications and the blogs and radio and so on all the time, and it's really easy to be forgotten by fans and by media if you uh, yeah, don't work hard all the time on getting, I know. getting noticed. Interesting. Yeah, and so... I have a question to you and it may be something that 
It's not as easy and straightforward. And Uh-oh. even for and even for publicists, it may be a topic that is. Uh, yeah, let's see what you have in mind on this. Uh oh. So, okay, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Give it to me. So it's about goals. I'm curious what goals you have been setting with your PR outreaches and uh, PR campaigns and what you consider good examples of this and good practices because we can do something just for the sake of getting publications for the reach we can focus on the sales or getting shows books or something else but what goals do you usually set and are you upfront with musicians about what they should and they, what they shouldn't expect in terms of the album sales, for example? Yes, absolutely. I guarantee nothing from a PR standpoint. Okay, that's not true. I guarantee that I will do the work to get your music or your creation out to the press. I cannot guarantee how they are going to react or how the press is going to receive your product. Yeah. So the only thing that I can promise my clients, and I'm very upfront about this because I know a lot of publicity people are not They're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to make you famous. We're going to, you know, we're going to tour all over the world and everybody's going to want to talk to you. You're going to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. That's, I mean, anybody that says that to their client is I would really think twice about working with that person because you can't control how other people are going to react. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of the questions that I do ask my clients in our initial consultation is what their goals are, you know, what they want to see happen with their record or with the EP release. So I try and then tailor those goals. Like for example, say it was a release party. Like we're launching an EP and, you know, we have dates in X, Y, and Z city. So the goal is we want to have, you know, 50 people in each city or sell tickets, you know, sell 50 tickets for the show. That's something that's doable. You know, you have a tangible like, okay, so we need to try and get you on the news or try and get you written up in the local paper in each city that you're going to, to help generate buzz ahead of time to generate the ticket sales. Mm -hmm. So I try and tailor those goals to each individual project. I don't say, you know, oh yes, I'm going to get you airplay on four stations in Cleveland, Ohio, because you don't, I can't guarantee that. So I would never say, yes, we're going to make this a goal. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's good that uh, you're very transparent about these things. And I also think that it may be really useful for your client to see the negative feedback as well and see the list of rejections because it may help them improve somehow. Have you been running such reports as well? Yes, actually. And it's funny that you bring it up because I just had an email conversation with one of my clients, Dina Taylor, who's a phenomenal jazz vocalist. Because it's such a, a small genre, you know, it's it's a much more targeted approach, but it's also a lot harder to get her played because there's such a, a lot smaller pool of people that we can pitch to. So um, we did, we had this conversation this morning about, you know, even if someone tells you no, that's a good thing because A, you know, not to waste any more time with that, you know, following up with that person or whatever. I'd rather have someone tell me no than no response at all, or, oh, we'll think about it, or let me get back to you. You know, if if they say no, okay, next, move on. But also the negative feedback, like you said, one of the things that said, you know, her 
the record that she sent wasn't quite smooth jazz enough for the format that we pitched. So, okay, that tells us maybe we should look at not pitching to smooth jazz formats and just go with traditional jazz or big band. So that helps narrow down the focus even more. So any information that you get is good information. You just have to know what to do with it after you get it. Mm -hmm. Great tips here. Something else that I also just uh, had Something that I just thought about that many musicians who try doing PR themselves don't quite realize. <laughs> and uh, some musicians may assume that it's just about sending one email to a person. So we mentioned already that it's about building relationships. But will you agree that even if you have an established relationship with a person you have already communicated in the past, but these media people are, are busy and it may not be enough to just send one email and you need to follow up with people. So how many times do you need to follow up sometimes? Um, to- usually if it's somebody that it's a cold call, like I don't have a relationship with that person at all, minimum three times, because a lot of times, you know, the first couple times your email might go to the junk folder. I mean, you don't know. So you have to keep following up and just say, hey, you know, I, I sent you this. What do you think? Or have you had time to listen to it? So, yeah, it, there is so much time involved that people don't realize. It's just so time consuming. And because it's all this follow up and you have to keep lists of, okay, these are the emails I sent out today. Now I need to follow up with these people on Wednesday because they didn't get back to me. So it's a lot. And that's why I think being organized really helps me because I'm a good planner and I'm a little bit kind of OCD about some things. So I think that helps. And Mm -hmm. it also, it teaches the clients too. Like you said, they probably don't even realize that if they send one email, they're probably not going to hear back. I mean, I would say the return ratio is maybe like every 30 emails you send, you might get one or two responses. And that doesn't mean they're going to be positive responses either. But I mean, that's just responses in general. That's kind of my ratio that I've noticed. I mean, that's not a, you know, a hard and fast rule, but that's just what yeah, I've yeah. noticed. Uh, I know, like, and yeah, we've been doing PR uh, here at the agency as well, and it's something that we try to do less lately because <laughs> of the reasons uh, you outlined, because, um, yeah, you just need to really realize everything that is involved in a PR campaign when you opt into it. And uh, this is just the things that you list are really important. And even for our theme here is that the key idea is that it's really good idea to hire a publicist if you want to get press. I think this thing that you mentioned may be useful to those who can't afford a publicist right now and just want to do a small PR campaign and try it themselves to keep things organized and probably have some kind of a spreadsheet to track when you reach out to someone and when to follow up and so on. Because it's in this basic form, it's something that everyone can do. It's just about the setting up a simple system and, and using it and actually sticking to it and dedicating time to this. So do you have any advice to those who want to try doing PR themselves or who have to because they don't have money to spend on a publicist right now? Definitely, like you said, keep organized, like start out and make a plan. Even if you can't afford a publicist, like to hire a publicist full time, maybe think about doing a one time consultation with a PR person so you can get a general idea of what you need to do. And most people like my consultations start at like $100 for I do a bunch of research for you. And then we talk or Skype for an hour. So I mean, 
have some starting point and get some knowledge about PR. Then make a plan. That's the most important thing is like set your goal, what you want to accomplish, and then kind of backtrack from there to figure out what you need to do to reach that goal. Mm -hmm. If it means, you know, okay, I need to be in four publications. Well, the example I just gave was if you send out 30 emails, you might get one or two responses. So if you want to be in four publications, that means you're going to have to send out like 120 emails. So make a list of the 120 people that you you want to target, then send your emails and make sure, I mean, little things like grammar Mm -hmm. and sentence structure, bell check, all of those things that a lot of creative people don't think about. Yeah. Because they're so used to, and the music industry is a lot more casual, although it's still a business, but it's a little bit more casual, but that doesn't mean you should treat it like you're sending a text, you know, like no capitalization or things like, because it's still a business. And if you want to be taken seriously by press people, you need to let them know that you are serious and attention to details like that are important. I mean, that's one of the first things I noticed. Like if I read an artist's bio and there's grammar errors, you know, like they have the tense switched on their verbs and things like that. I notice, and maybe I'm over, okay, not maybe I am overly picky, but if I notice it, somebody else notices it. Too. Especially blogger journalists. Yes, because they write for a living. So they exactly, know yeah. sentence structure and, you know, spelling and things like that. They're important. And yeah. if you don't care enough about checking on details like that, what other things don't you care about? Yeah. That's the way I look at it. No, no I, just great advice here. So, I mean, this is something that's anyone should implement because if you use a a publicist, if you don't, you still need to pay attention to these things. And even if we're talking about these small descriptions and bios that artists have on their social media profiles, you should keep things consistent and you just have to spell check and make sure that these things are covered. So really good tips here. And You know, you mentioned it about your consultations. I really like the format, the idea that you can help someone do a small PR campaign themselves. But can you list uh, just the general range of fees? And you don't have to speak just for yourself, but just about the industry. It's something that is uh, so under-publicized. So many musicians come to me and just ask, like, I don't have a single idea how much a PR campaign may cost me. It's a secret. No, I'm kidding. It's not really. (laughs) (laughs) For projects, like if you're going to do a, I mean, I keep coming back to it because I do so many of them, but the EP releases, like I'm working with Rory Kelly to do her EP um, that she's cutting right now will be in the summer. Campaigns like that range anywhere from $2,500 to $5,000 over the course of the entire project. So that could be spread out over, you know, two or three months Mm -hmm. that, you know, then you just break it down into like this much monthly or however, you know, half up front, half after. And that's one thing, too, that a lot of would be good for your listeners to know is that most publicity campaigns, because there is no guarantee, require a deposit up front. I charge 50%. If it's a project, like for the consultation, that's just a one-time fee. But for an ongoing project, I always require minimum of half upfront because that way, if you know it does take longer for people to get back to you or get responses, the artist can't say, well, you're not doing anything. I'm not going to pay you. And you've spent you know six weeks 
diligently sending out emails and following up and all this stuff. And just because you don't get the response doesn't mean you haven't done the work. So there's always an upfront deposit that people should take into consideration. I know a lot of big publicity firms, they do retainers. We talked about the non-project side of things. And some of the bigger firms, I've seen packages that start at $2,500 a month and they're a minimum of three months. And that's pretty standard. I have a minimum three-month contract with people that hire me for retainer as well. But they go up to like $10,000 a month for these big PR firms. But all they're doing... It seems, I can't speak to you because I'm not a big PR firm, but you know, they just have a list of, okay, these are the clients that we're working with. We have to send out you know, 10 tweets this week and do 10 social media posts and we'll send out 40 emails to different bloggers to try and get them some publicity. So it's kind of like a, an assembly line almost of what they do. So they're not really, they don't have a good working relationship and a personal relationship with a lot of their clients. Yeah, and they're getting paid a lot of money to do that. So I'm like, well, that could be a pretty good gig, but I don't know, because I like to know the people. Well, our no- goal is not to just to talk some bad things about bigger agencies. I hear you really well here. And this is why I like staying small in terms of even the amounts of clients you can take on. Because if you enjoy the process, if you can communicate with uh, a client personally mm-hmm. and dedicate a lot of time into it, and you can uh, get better results out of uh, such personal approach. So there are good things in being small and there are good things in hiring solo publicists or small PR firms. So it's really a good thing that you mentioned it here. And I really appreciate that you mentioned the structure of the fees and contracts as well. And it's important to understand that you may not necessarily see results right away. Right. Yeah. Excellent. So there is a bunch of other questions that I'd like to ask you, but (laughs) I want to wrap it up shortly. And at this point, I think that uh, a listener may really be curious to check you out online. So the links to you are obviously in the show notes, but for those who are on the go right now, can you just mention the places like the website and social media profiles where people can check out what you do? Sure. My company is called RSP Entertainment Marketing, and that is my website. It's www.rspentertainmentmarketing.com. You can find me on Twitter at R-S-P-E-N-T-M-K-T-G. So like a little shortened version of RSP Entertainment Marketing. And also on Facebook, which is, you know, just facebook.com forward slash RSP Entertainment Marketing. Excellent. Yeah. And once again, we're linking there. I'm really looking forward to learning more about uh, your company and your clients as well. And I just greatly appreciate all the insights. It was great. It was great. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I hope it was helpful to your your listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Stacey. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, Andrew. And this is it. Thank you a lot for listening. I hope that you uh, got a lot of interesting uh, insights from this conversation. Our goal was not to uh, make it look scary and, uh, and, and, and it's plainly bad when it comes down to PR. Obviously, you can run a successful PR campaign yourself and you can find a specialist who will either consult you or do uh, a campaign for you. And... Uh, Uh, The point is uh, that you should have clear 
uh, expectations and understanding of how it works even if you are going to hire someone it's really good that you know how this thing functions and, and uh, what exactly to expect from a publicist so uh, thanks a lot to Stacy uh, once again great minds a, a lot of interesting insights that no one has uh, shared on this podcast in the past before and uh, if you want to learn more about her and uh, her company then check out the links in the show notes and let me ask you once again if you have a spare minute please uh, rate uh, the podcast on itunes it will mean a lot to us uh, we we just try to make it uh, better discoverable on itunes so if you have a minute just go to getacard.wispin.co thank you so much and of course as usual see you next week You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We Spin 12.